Your mess and your miracle have to live together. And a whole lot of us can't deal with that because we think that since we're forgiven, the mess ought to be gone. But sometimes the mess is the consequences of the choices that we made, especially if they were against God. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us today as we continue our message, Preparation for Your Destination. And Pastor, I'm glad we're talking about this topic here of uh, the messes that we've made in our lives. Because all of us have done something that's made a mess of our life at some point or another. And, you know, some people then have this misconception that, well, when I became a believer, God cleaned up that mess and, you know, doesn't the Bible say that he forgives us our sins and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So why am I still in the middle of this mess? Because some of them are consequences. We were just talking about this, Steve. I was telling uh, a congregation, I think I'm going to do a message entitled, be careful what you eat now because it may eat you later. <laughs> and the reason I said that is because right now, you know, I'm 68 and a half. And, uh, you know, I have to claim my You're age looking good. every day, man. And uh, I'm struggling with some physical ailments that are based on previous eating habits. Hmm. And now in the older, you know, older age, yeah. they're haunting me. Like I have polyneuropathy. Well, that's based on diabetes, which is based on, you know, all of the sugar. The stuff that you the, ate years, yes, years ago. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And so I've been praying and I've been asking God to heal me. Mm-hmm. As of yet, it has not happened. Now, I, I give the operative word yet. But here's the idea. I am suffering the consequences of choices that I made. Yeah. And quite frankly... Uh, if he chooses not to heal me, then that means I have to deal with the consequences of the choices that I made. Mm-hmm. You know, if you rob a bank and your arm gets shot off and you ask God, forgive me because I stole that money and it wasn't mine. He'll forgive you. Yeah. But you don't get your arm back. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what we're trying to get people to understand when God does it, because he said in the Old Testament, I will restore the years that the locust and the canker worm have eaten. Do you expect him to heal you? I sure do, because faith is believing it is so, even when it's not so until it becomes so, because God said so. I believe it, but then if he doesn't, I'm not going to be upset because I understand these are consequences. Yeah, I love that distinction, and I'm so glad that we began the program talking about that distinction right here. So let's continue to look at this from Hebrews 12. Here is Pastor Ford. How many of you uh, had GPS when it first came out? GPS when it first came out. Remember how it operated when it first came out? And, and GPS just stands for Global Positioning System. Right. GPS, Global Positioning System. And so when it first came out, uh, now it's, it's more advanced now. You know, they've gotten it all together now. But remember, if you took the wrong course, if you went the wrong direction, it would say to you, we have to redirect because you've gone off course. 
pull over, stop the vehicle so that we can reposition you. So now you don't have to do it. You just keep on rolling. But before, you had to pull over to the side and stop. That's what's going on in the passage we've been studying. You see, we've got the GPS. We've got God's positioning system. And it works the same way that GPS works. That there is signals coming from the sky to you and I directing our lives to the destination that God wants us to go. That Hebrews 12 here, what he's telling them is pull off to the side, stop, get repositioned so that I can get you where you're supposed to be going. That's exactly what's going on in this particular passage. So we've already seen verse 12, you got to change what's wrong. That you got to deal with the negative before God will put in the positive. And so we evaluate our lives. Uh, why? Because who can ascend to his holy hill? He who has a pure heart and clean hands. And God says, that's what I need. Then he said, uh, you do that because that deals with the self. You're taking a look in. So introspection, evaluation should be done on an ongoing basis. I, I don't know what you do, but I evaluate myself all the time. Every Sunday afternoon, there's an evaluation. You think you evaluated the sermon. Not like I evaluate it. And uh, all the things that uh, need to be corrected, I write it down. I listen to myself. Ooh, why would you say something like that? Could have said that better. <laughs> uh, uh, why? Uh, because we recognize and understand we're our own worst enemy. We say it all the time. And, and so we need to keep ourselves. You know, it's amazing to me that so many of us blame other people for our mess. I know you don't do it, but there's so many people, you know, well, why are you like, well, you know, what my mom and my daddy and where I was raised and blah, blah. no, it's you, you the issue. And so he wants us to do that. Look at yourself. Quit looking at everybody else. Why don't you look at yourself? You might not like what you see if you really take a good look and be honest with yourself. Then he says, chart your course. That has to do with your success. You're looking ahead. So he says, look, 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 look. There's a path and God has it. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Okay, real quick now, somebody tell me, uh, as many times as I done told you, what does the word direct mean? Primary, to guide, that's right. Secondary, to remove obstacles. Tertiary, to get you to the point where you're supposed to be. That's what God promises. And so we're all going somewhere. I hope we're not going in circles. That's what the children of Israel did. They went around that mountain and in Deuteronomy, uh, God said, you circled this mountain long enough. It's time to head for the promised land. And some of us as Christians, we've just been traveling in circles. I've been saved 25 years. It's only two years experience or one year experience 25 times. You're not growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now let's pick it up 
Here's what he says now. Verse 12, verse 13, now verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God. So walk along with me. In verse 12, the thing to avoid is crookedness. Avoid crookedness. Why? Because you can't sow your wild oats all week and then come to church and pray for crop failure. So avoid, verse 13, avoid craftiness. That we have to realize that God has somewhere for us to go, uh, but we have to be like David. Uh, We can't take the opportunity to circumvent the plan, program, and power of God by killing Saul. And so getting to where God wants us to go, but using our own means to try to get there. Isn't that what Abraham and Sarah did? We're going to have a child. Okay, nine years too early, Hagar. Have a baby, Ishmael, problems. And remember what I shared with you. You can do that and still experience what God wants you to have. Didn't they experience what God wanted them to have? Didn't they still have an Isaac? Yeah, but don't forget, they didn't get rid of Ishmael. So what happens? Your mess and your miracle have to live together. And a whole lot of us can't deal with that. Because we think that since we're forgiven, the mess ought to be gone. But sometimes the mess is the consequences of the choices that we made, especially if they were against God. And so your mess and your miracle coexist and live together. And a whole lot of us wish we could get rid of the mess. Waiting for God to, you know, restore the years that the locust and the canker worm is eaten. Now, in verse 14, avoid crankiness. He's saying, as a believer, if you're going somewhere, you can't have a toxic personality. You can't always act as if your spiritual gift is criticism. Like you got something in your mouth and it's nasty, but you can't spit it out, so you just hold it. Always blowing up like a bullfrog. Don't look around. Don't look around. It's Bible study. And so here's what he says. He says, follow. It's translated other places, pursue. Now let me tell you what's going on here with that one word. Ice, ice baby. Ice, ice baby. Say ice, yeah. This one word tells us three things. Here it is. The I is intensity. So it literally means to follow the word pursue you with me gives the idea of a hunter and or a hound going after game. It shows the intensity of the pursuit going after something with a passion. Now that's what the Bible says we ought to do with each other as we pursue peace with each other. Intensity. So the question on the floor is this. How intense are you when it comes to knowing that something's wrong between you and your brother or sister, your husband and your wife, your natural brother or sister, your fellow employee on the job, or that person in ministry? How intense are you about that? That could be a bit of a convicting challenge for some of us today. You know, there are certain personalities that don't really want to face that. And some that come on a little bit too strong and a little bit too heavy. But as we get back to the message in just a little bit, continue to look at why that is so important. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called Preparation for Your Destination. 
And if you've been benefiting from listening to Pastor Ford's teaching, we'd love to hear from you. You can give us your feedback when you come to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the contact link. You know, one other way that we need to hear from you is your financial generosity. It really is your giving that keeps this program on this station each and every day. You can give an ongoing monthly gift, become a partner with us when you come to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the link that says Make a Donation, or you can simply give a one-time gift. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org and make a donation. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. So the word pursue shows intensity. You go after it with a passion. You know, uh, sis, you say you don't don't pursue unsaved people. Uh, Most of us don't. We don't want to be bothered with them. We don't want to be bothered with the believers, (laughs) let alone the unbelievers. Uh, But it also means consistency. So intensity and consistency going after my brother or sister in which uh, we have an issue. And here's the E, expediency. See, ice, ice baby. Intensity, consistency, expediency. Now what about each and every one of us? Now, now, Pastor Ford, I thought you were talking about, and the writer of the book of Hebrews is talking about, Reaching our destination. What's our destination? What's our ultimate for every believer? Heaven. You can't get there without peace. And so what's happening here? He says, listen, you have to pursue harmony and holiness. Why? Because they are linked together. Pursue harmony because it governs our relationship with mankind. Pursue holiness because it governs our relationship with the master. So there it is. And what do we see? The Ten Commandments. What do the first four commandments govern? Our relationship with God. What do the last six govern? Our relationship with man. What did Jesus say? The whole law is summed up in love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. So love him with all your person, all your passion, all of your perception and power and your neighbor as yourself. But you can't love your neighbor as yourself by yourself, especially if you got my kind of neighbors. But he enjoins it on us. We don't manufacture it, but we, Ephesians 4, maintaining the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Peace. God wants us to have peace with each other. Now, notice something with me. Three things here. Number one, it's commanded. It's commanded. Why would you command it? Because unless he does, many of us would be willing to throw away relationships with other believers and many of us have even though he hasn't commanded us who is it that you said i ain't gonna have nothing else to do with them i'll let that marinate a little bit so it's commanded let me give you some of the top reasons because god said it and we know that but but remember in john chapter 17 the real lord's prayer remember what he said in 20 to 22 He said, we ought to have unity among one another. Why? So that the world will know that God sent Jesus. So he says, when there's no peace in the body of Christ, what it says to the world is that Jesus didn't come from God. 
Oh, y'all didn't get that. That had to go right over your head. Because when I understood that, you're telling me that something I do socially has theological implications. As a matter of fact, God says everything you do socially has theological implications. And so what's going on? It's commanded. John 13, 34 and 35. By this shall all men know when you have loved one for another. That's what's at stake. And, and I'm going to show you when we close. So it's commanded, but also it's participial. It's continuous action. What are we talking about? We're going on our journey. And guess what God wants us to realize? We need each other. People who need people are the luckiest people in the world. I, I want to change that song. People who know they need people are the luckiest people in the world. Because some of us act like we don't need nobody. I know I should have said anybody. Nobody. Hmm. And we need one another. It literally can be translated, keep on pursuing. What does that tell us? Listen, why are you tell us to keep on pursuing? Because you're going to meet people in the church that have toxic personalities. This is my seat. Now, why would you claim a seat with as many empty seats as we got up in this place? <laughs> Amen. Sometimes you can come in. You don't need a seat. You can lay down on the pew. Bring your pillow. Amen. And then it's a corporate responsibility. And so he lets us know, look, we need each other. Peace, you know this already. I'm going to run through it real quick. Peace in the Greek is irene. Say irene. What does it mean? Inner tranquility in the midst of outer turbulence. You know this well. I've said it so many times. A compound word consisting of ire, which means I, nay, which means storm, ergo, eye of the storm. You know that. So as you go through the Bible, here's what you see. God is the God of peace, Hebrews 13, 20. Christ is the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9, 6. Believers are sons and daughters of peace, Luke 10, 6. Our gospel is called the gospel of peace, Ephesians 6, 15. And Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Now, I want to show you something here. I'll give you an illustration of what I mean. And then we're going to look at Abraham and close out. When I was going to health club, I go five days a week. Went so much at that time of day from six to eight, we all knew each other. And uh, we'd all talk and get together. Some of us were Christians, some of us weren't. Uh, but we'd even do things together, like leave there and go to breakfast. There was one brother, small brother, about 455. His name was Ray. And Ray was a very toxic believer. So much so that our little group, eight or nine of us, nobody would talk to him. He wouldn't talk to them except me. I'd speak to him. Hey, Ray, how you doing, man? How's everything? You know, blah, blah, blah. And he'd say, hey, I'm doing fine. Then he finally gravitated and would talk to me. So when they would talk about Ray, I would try to be the example. I say, well, I get a chance to talk to him. He got some good qualities. Yeah, well, where are they? What are they? Every time he opened his mouth, he lying. How do you know he lying? He opened his mouth. 
stuff like that, you know. And, and so, and so, you know, I'm trying to be the peacemaker, right, right? So one day, Nate, who's an older gentleman, Nate now probably in his 80s, he came up to me and they were all talking about Ray. Ray wasn't there. And he said, and you trying to act so spiritual, but you see this brother is so toxic, so negative. You really wonder if he's a believer sometime. Now tell the truth and shame the devil. I said, yeah, you right. And turned around and whose face did I see? Ray. He looked at me with that hurt look, turned around and walked back out of the gym. I went behind him. I said, man, I'm sorry. I, I know you won't believe it. That's the first time I ever got in a conversation with them about you. Ask him, ask him. Said nothing. Nothing. Said, man, I need you to forgive me. Said nothing. And so for the next few months, Every day, Monday through Friday. Hey, Ray, how you doing? So you know what the tendency is, right? Man, I, you know, okay, I made a mistake. This brother won't forgive me. All right, I, you, you know. But the Spirit of God wouldn't let me stop. And so every day for three months, hey, Ray. All right, see you later, man. Turn, stop. So I come out the gym Ray's out there with his hood up. And of course, everybody's walking by. He's at, can you give me a jump? No, I ain't got time. No, I don't have the cables. So I, I went out. So what's up, Ray? He ain't saying anything to me. What's going on, man? Can I help you? He ain't say nothing to me. So I went to my car, and I had a hoopty, so you know I had jumper cables. They's in the back seat. That's how you know if you got a hoopty. So I pull up, and I stop and put my hood up put my cables on and have the cables. I said, do you want me to give you a jump, bro? He said, yeah, I need a jump, man. And I gave him a jump. And after that, the next day I came in, hey, Ray, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you for the jump. It's a great story, isn't it? You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called Preparation for Your Destination. We're going to continue this teaching next time. If you want to make sure you don't miss it, you can come to the website right now and sign up to podcast the program. You can also download the Moody Radio app and have that on your phone or your mobile device so that you're ready to listen whenever it fits your schedule. Now, you can simply go to your favorite app store like the iOS app store, Google Play, and search for Moody Radio, or we'll link you to it when you come to our website. It is treasuredtruthradio.org. And not only can you listen to Pastor Ford's teaching, but you can listen to other programs produced by Moody Radio and streaming music stations. It's free, and again, you'll find it by going to your favorite app store and searching for Moody Radio, or when you come to our website, and we'll link you to it. Our website address is treasuredtruthradio.org. And speaking of listening to the app or podcasting, we'd love to know where you listen and what sort of difference it's making in your walk with Christ. Has God been using Pastor Ford's teaching in your life in some way? Maybe to restore a relationship, to help you understand the gospel and begin a personal relationship with Jesus. Or maybe it's helped you get your finances back on track. Would you share your story with us? You can do that by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the contact link. Well, thanks for doing that. Thanks also to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.